everyday, ordinary people living extraordinary lives. For the next few minutes, join me as I introduce you to some of them. But I'm just like, imagine if we did create this network, almost like the sister circle, but it was broader than just one field. I'm B. Moore, and welcome to Conversations. In my previous episode, I talked with Johanna Rogers, one of the great eight, an elite group of black women who graduated at the same time with their doctoral degrees from Indiana University, making history. In the second part of our conversation, we discuss a bold and ambitious endeavor she's recently started. That's great. That's great. Wow, that's great. So I want to talk to you about this current venture that you have uh, going forward called Behind the Woman. Yeah. You have just become the host of the show. Host, creator, <laughs> executive <laughs> producer, all that, yeah. So, so this is your brainchild. This is my brainchild, yeah. Um, Let's talk about it. You know, I have crazy ideas all the time, and uh, this is just one of them <laughs> that I decided to kind of act on. You know, and I think that goes back to what I said initially earlier in the interview that arts and performance have always been a part of what I do, and it is something that I really believe in. I think in coming to Syracuse, folks don't know that because, you know, I haven't been here long. Folks don't really know me. And so uh, my primary focus had been editing, um, submitting dissertation, because there's still things we had to do after graduation. And so that was a large part of my life. Okay. And then um, that ended. And I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? Hmm. And my son is away at school. And so I have all this free time. All, all of a sudden, my son goes away to school and dissertation is done. And there's like this moment of like silence. And I'm like, oh, well, what does Johanna do? Because as my mom would say, I've been in college since I left at 18. I was like, that's not necessarily true. I had a year in between undergrad and my master's and three years in between my master's and my PhD. But she somehow doesn't count those years. So she's like, that's only four. You've been in college the whole time. (laughs) Mothers will Um, be mothers. (laughs) Right. And so uh, performance was it performance was it. Um, I got into this point in my life where in my 35 years of being on earth, I had to figure out, well, what do I do now? Like, what do I enjoy doing again? Um, how I use my free time and what's next? And I went back to the moments of putting programs together, performances together in my grandparents' living room for the holidays. I went back to really embracing my love of performance, and that's why I started last year. I was working with Brandon Ellis out of Dance Theater of Syracuse, and I performed, and that just got me. I had auditioned for Four Colored Girls and was a part of that cast, and I was like, I remember, this is what I 
this is Johanna, right? These are the things that I always wanted to do. Remember I had said I had went to graduate school to talk about the arts and performance and the impact that it can have mm. on people. Sure. And so I <laughs> was just amazed. Um, once I had done Four Color Girls, and then the play was just another source of therapy, almost like Southwest was for my cultural void. I was like, okay, I'm back on the East Coast. I'm getting that. Because doing Four Color Girls was just me just thinking about just my life and where I had been and where I had come from and the moments and giving me a way to like process them through performance. And that was really well received. And then um, I took my son to Kenya for... Um, a couple of weeks, he was involved in a program there, and I came back. I'm just like, okay, well, what what does this all mean? What's next? And I remember having this real anxiety around, like, well, who am I? What do I do? And how? What am I supposed to do? And now I'm a PhD, and what does that mean? I'm not on a tenure track faculty position, so like, what does that mean? And a friend of mine reminded me that. You know, after every victory, you got to get back to work. You got to reinvent yourself. You got to think about, okay, what's my next thing? I perform well here. Now, what are you going to do next? And I'm just like, what am I going to do? And then into Shaki Shange, the author of Four Color Girls Who Considered Suicide When the Rainbow Is Not Enough, passes away. And uh, I go and see Possessing Harriet at uh, Syracuse Stage, and Kyle, end up talking with Kyle Bass and doing a talk back with him. And he's like, I wrote this story. You all have to go and write more, right? And I'm just like, okay, all right. That's what I'm going to do. Hmm. You know, into Shaki Shange's presence has left a void like we're still doing four color girls which came out you know like we need a new narrative we need more narratives we need more diverse narratives that talk about the complexity of being born an african-american in this in this world right and so i was like well writing a play takes a while um, and I'm kind of overwriting for a moment. <laughs> okay. Okay. We did just write your right. dissertation. <laughs> but what I did feel was like, well, everyone's like, oh, Johanna's a part of grade eight. But I don't know if they really understand what that means beyond like the symbolism of that story. And so I was like, where do I tell that story? And what about other women that begin to like lead and they're put in these positions? We're still very human, you know, there's, there's still challenges and moments of growth and all of that that we go through. Um, where do we share our stories? And then I was like, oh, I'm going to do what I've always done. I'm just going to create the space to do it, you know, and I don't need to create the space to tell my story. Folks can Google me, <laughs> but there's in Syracuse, in central New York, I'm meeting a diverse array of black and brown women that are in various positions that are doing amazing, amazing work. Mm-hmm. I know women in Washington, D.C. and all these places that 
maybe some of them have been talked about in, in mainstream media. Many probably have not. Let's share our stories. Let's create a platform that is just pro and inspirational and just empowering to other women. And it's 2019, which feels like a little bit of a weird year. I kind of like feel like it's a year I'm like holdover. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and so I'm just like, what if in 2019 I'm able to engage, inspire, or empower 2019 women to walk into 2020, right? A play on vision because I always wore glasses with a clear mindset on how they're going to move forward through this next decade. Okay. And I was like, well, 2019 women is a whole lot. And on tonight's episode, Sharon Owens talks about, girl, that seems like a lot. You need to get some rest. But, <laughs> um, but I'm just like, imagine if we did create this network, almost like the sister circle. But it was broader than just one field, one profession, one graduate school. But uh, uh, not that there aren't organizations and things like that across the country. But we just created this network of women that was just going to be intentional about cultivating spaces, opportunities to support another um, woman, um, black and brown woman, a woman of color specifically. And so I was like, okay, well then, maybe you partner with some of your friends and you host a workshop. Maybe I work on getting more public speaking opportunities. That can count. Maybe I'll write a blog and I get 200 likes. That'll be one thing. Maybe I can um, do a, a, a film or something that interviews these women. And I met these two um, amazing, gifted, and talented graduate students. And they were like, we'll help you. And I was like, oh, I should always give graduate students a chance because I remember that someone gave me one. Right? And so I'm like, okay, well, I don't have a whole lot of money, okay? Um, but let's do a weekend, and we're going to film. And that's what we did. And it was not called Behind the Woman. It was just like, I want to sit down and just have interviews. And then we did it, and, you know, it wasn't about Johanna Rogers and her 9 to 5 title. It was about Johanna Rogers or... Vanessa Campbell and Sharon Owens and all the folks that are going to come down the line, I don't want to give a spoiler out, about them being all of who they are. Interesting. Interesting. All of who they are. And you can talk about memories with your grandmother or you can talk about you like jump rope. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Okay. um, And it serves as almost, remember the book's kind of like chicken soup for the soul. Okay. It's, I think, something that folks women of color specifically can tune into to be inspired, you know, and feel like their struggle is someone else's struggle. And, you know, here's a word of advice on how I got through. And it may apply to you today. Mm-hmm. It may, you may have to come back in three weeks because now it applies. But that's what I, that's what I want to do. That's what I, um, I often say in the world, there's so many things that you can turn on that just negatively shows who we are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I want to create something that positively affirms and talks about who we are and our culture and our lived experience 
in a way that acknowledges the struggles and the intersecting challenges and our identities and our roles and our expectations, but makes you feel like you are not alone. Certainly. certainly. You're a part of a much broader sister circle. Interesting. And if you're just joining us, uh, welcome to Conversations with Be More. I'm your host. Uh, my guest for today is Johanna Rogers. So how, tell me about how one accesses the program. Okay, so I'm learning. My, my film and production crew, um, Black Cub, is teaching me so much about <laughs> social media. Uh, but you can follow and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, and it's YouTube backslash diaspora queen or if you just look up johanna rogers on youtube in the search box you can find videos and footage of me um, in different arenas but you will get to behind the woman there's also a facebook page behind the woman with johanna rogers that you can like and follow um and there is um you know facebook tv and so the episodes will be also uploaded there Um, and also on my website johannarogers.com www.johannarogers.com the episodes will live there as well and my website talks about you know all the things that I have done and if folks are interested in connecting with me that's the way to do it that's wonderful that's Mm -hmm. wonderful you know uh, and it should be mentioned that not only will your guests and we don't want to spoil who your guests will be but Tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the women that you'll be featuring. And and it's not just here in Syracuse. It's not just here in Syracuse. um, We're starting here, and part of that is intentional because I think there's so much potential, as I said, here in this city and central New York. And so um, doing this from here is kind of like another voice for Syracuse in the world where a lot of people outside of this region don't know a whole much about it, a whole lot about it. And so um, I think that's intentional because um, the space has been such a nurturing and loving one for me. And um, so we have women from across Syracuse and there's still so many I would love <laughs> to, to, get, um, to get in the studio or, or um, on the show to, to participate. But we have... Uh, Sharon Owens, Vanessa Campbell, um, who else? Uh, Jody D. Augustino from Pathfinder Bank. We have, oh goodness. Um, and these are all women who have made some sort of mark or some sort they, of success. They've made some formal mark, many are vice presidents, um, assistant commissioners, we have entrepreneurs, we have engineers, we have. Um, just healthcare professionals, um, performance individuals, artists that are here, um, but you know, they, they've made some mark on the community in a way that has put them in a leadership position. Um, and, uh, but they haven't really sat down for folks to get to know them in a in a more intimate sort of kind of setting, and so um, that's what I would say. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's a, it's a it will be interesting. The episodes are normally like ten to twelve minutes, and something you can listen to in your car, 
I think there's something you can listen to over and over again um, and just find inspiration in and humor (laughs) and and testimony um, at various points. And so I hope that folks come back to the episodes again and again and they utilize them as kind of a, a motivational tool, a little food for the soul. You say something in your... I believe I got the opportunity to see one of your previews and you say something there that basically Oprah has to retire at some point. Is Oprah that... does have to retire at some point and I'm telling you and I'm just going to be like, hmm, I wonder who can fill those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you're positioning yourself you know, to, you to never, uh, go in that direction. never, never know. You never, never know. Um, that's something that's so funny because I think folks got a kick out of that. And uh, <laughs> I remember being in high school, and it was something I would say all the time. I want to be the next Oprah. Wow. I want to be the next Oprah. I, like, in high school, and people would be like, Laura, Johanna. And, you know, I'm doing student council president and leading this initiative or whatever. And then I was just like, you know, I just kind of want to be the next Oprah. You know, <laughs> that's just, you know, that, that space where people can come... And just kind of decompress and get uplifted mm-hmm. and find a spark of um, inspiration and empowerment in a world where we're surrounded by so much um, negativity, as I said before. And if I can hone my skills to do that at some point in my life, I don't, I don't think I'd be mad at that at all. Okay. <laughs> well, well, hey, that's, you know, um, possibilities abound and... You know, um, you, people are given vision and thoughts and dreams for a reason, I believe. So Let's see. We'll <laughs> so see let's what see. Happens. That's right. Let's see what happens. <laughs> let's <laughs> see what happens. I, Absolutely. You know, there's no, some folks would ask, like, how long have you been working on this? And I said, well, I guess I said I was in high school. You know, in high school, I would say I, I would love to be the next Oprah. But, you know, as a matter of fact, funny story, when I was graduating from college, I applied to Harpo Productions. And they sent me a rejection letter. And I still have that rejection letter till this day. It's sitting in my little drawer with my photo albums. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I I held on to it, you know. Because, and what I remember when I got the letter, I was so excited because I was just like, normally, you know, you don't get a job and you send in a resume, you know, you get a letter in the mail. But it was like, it's a Harpo Productions envelope. Right. I've kept the envelope and I kept the letter because the letter was signed. I don't know if it was signed by Oprah. Now that I think about it, I think it might have been an HR person, but <laughs> it's okay. it, was okay. it was from Harpo Productions. It was from Harpo Productions. And I said, and I said to myself, one day I'm going to show this to Oprah and tell her she wouldn't hire me. <laughs> but I, that's okay. It, it it set me on a path, and so as I'm thinking about the show and and writing a book and all these other things, I um, I'm just like. All these moments, you know, Oprah denied me. I applied for Teach for America. They wouldn't hire me. Um, So many things that I thought in my life would be the plan and the path for me 
We're not. Um, I don't think I was devastated about the Harpo thing. I think I was just kind of like, you know, I tried it. Sure. Um, I haven't tried it again, though. So that's a, that's a thing to reflect on. But well, it sounds like you're on your way to having your own Harpo. Maybe, listen, that's all right. See, that's what, but and my point is, is that for every, you know, that cliche, every door that closes, another one opens. That's right. And for every door that has closed in my life, has made me turn left or turn right upon a path that I could have never imagined. And I am so much wiser and stronger and grateful for it, you know? And it is important, I think, for people... Um, young women, young men even, to, to understand that, you know, just because things didn't work out at one specific moment in your life doesn't mean that what you deem for you is no longer for you. It just means maybe the path getting there for you looks a lot different than everybody else. And being okay, and being okay with that, and 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 just turning left and turning right, and maybe you gotta come to Syracuse and learn to to deal with this cold and snow and all of that, because I don't know that behind the woman would exist if I was in New York City, mm. or I couldn't be in my apartment one weekend having a brainstorming session and come up with a concept because in New York City I would have been probably out at somebody else's behind the woman you know what I mean and so um, another friend often came to visit one time and said you live beyond the clouds (laughs) and I was just kind of like that's yeah I do but it's kind of been so I refer to this experience kind of my journey beyond the clouds and how it has just kind of manifested to um, a lot of the things that I think I needed. That's wonderful. No, that's a, a wonderful um, story and a wonderful example of how the destination may be the same, but the route may be different. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I want to thank you, Johanna, for being my guest today on Conversations. Um, Is there any last things that you would like to say before we wrap up? Trust the process. Trust the process. You never know where you might end up. I wish you um, the best success, Johanna, in in terms of whatever you're doing, in in terms of all of your endeavors, particularly with Behind a Woman, because I think there are so many important stories that need to be told. I'm hoping that maybe one day you'll have a behind the men. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That is so funny because so many men have said that you need to do an episode on that. And the thing is our our black and and brown men need a positive space also. Yeah. And I deeply, deeply, deeply believe that that is, is, is needed and necessary. And, um, as a mother, 
of a son, you know, growing up <laughs> in this world, I definitely want him to feel like there's a space that looks like him and affirms him in his journey. And so there'll be a male something. Okay. <laughs> there'll be something. But uh, I think, you know, I have to pay homage to where we are and what the goal of this is, and then we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, in any case, I wish you the best success. Thanks. Episodes of Behind the Woman can be accessed through Johanna's website, johannarogers.com. Johanna is spelled J-U-H-A-N-N-A. Conversations is a production of More About You. Join us next time 